athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Welcome to the Memorial Day weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. It is the dopest show on radio. And uh, tell you what, we do this each and every year on the program. And when I think back to this song, and, and again, it is a Memorial Day weekend type of show here. Got a whole lot on my mind today, as a matter of fact, and a whole lot that we're going to get to today here on the program. But when I think about New Edition's Candy Girl, I, I go back to, I don't know, maybe it was 19, when I actually bought this album, it may have been like 1984, it was maybe a year or two after this song had come out, and I was a, I became a new, a huge New Edition uh, fan based upon this particular song, bought this album, it was the first album that I ever bought, matter of fact, living in the Washington area, those of you in Washington that are of a certain age are going to remember the record store Kemp Mill Records went to Kemp Mill Records and bought the tape of this new ed- and, and and just played it over and over again and I was a huge new edition fan so I got a lot on my mind today here on the program because there's a whole lot we got to talk about today whole lot going on in the world but I want to have a little bit of fun with the show today as well as we play some musical selections throughout the course of the program. And, and while we're doing that, as a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is let you know as the songs play, um, as the producer hits the songs, I'll let you know the, the time and what was going on in my life uh, when a certain song comes on. So we're going to have some fun with the program today uh, here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As mentioned, a whole lot going on. Got a lot to get to in the program. As a matter of fact, the National Football League, the owners, the rules have been changed with respect to standing or kneeling as it relates to the National Anthem. I got a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, this started with, obviously, with Colin Kaepernick, and he's now essentially been blackballed out of the National Football League. And, and But we still... The issue is this was never a rule before, and I think, and and we'll go into detail on the program as a matter of fact, but I think what the National Football League has in fact done um, is it's painted itself into a corner. It, 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 it tried to it tried to take middle ground, so it tried to appease the players. It tried to appease. Not only the uh, the military, but those that support the military. And this is the this is the thing about this whole situation. The players are not kneeling or showing um, expressing themselves during the national anthem because of disrespect to our military. That's not at all what is going on here. But I think somehow it's gotten it's gotten portrayed that way. Um, Obvious reasons. I mean, you got. The players that are, I think the league is somewhere around 70% of the players are black in the league. And a lot of times in society, uh, black folks scare people. That's just the bottom line. And so when you have a situation that's going on like this, when you have a Colin Kaepernick that in fact wanted to express himself and did so, um, and then others, other players started to uh, do the same things. Um, they, the, the national football league and maybe media and so forth, tried to portray the ratings or the lack of the ratings going down with respect to games being watched, 
uh, in the National Football League to the national anthem protests, which is just absolutely wrong. And so this is, you know, it's a pretty big deal. I want to get more into this uh, on today here on from the press box to press row. So we're going to do that today on the program. And I want to get your thoughts. Where do you stand on this situation? When this first happened, just to remind you, when Colin Kaepernick first uh, started this movement, because that's in fact what it is. He first first started this movement. Um, you know, I, I was one. I'm in favor of the cause and what he was protesting for, because we still have a lot of these things that he was protesting on that are still going on with respect to people of color. I mean, more recently here, if you've heard about uh, and we'll get more into this, the player in the in the NBA for the Milwaukee Bucks and um, some video has come out. Um, the police video, as a matter of fact, that showed that his civil rights were violated over a parking uh, space. So, you know, these type of things are still going on. Of course, you in, you know, these. So the bottom line is we still have these things going on. And if, you know, players want to to protest, I mean, that you know, that's their pariah, at least the way that the rules were written. Now the rules are written differently, whereas either players can stay in the locker room if they do come out and protest. And and I think what people are saying is that the league or Roger Goodell will find them. The wording says can find them. I think there's a big distinction between will and can so i'm interested to see if this in fact happens which i'm sure it will because at the end of the day the players were not consulted on this new the players association that is which is the players uh which was not consulted they were not consulted on this new rule change which they definitely should have been so i'm interested to see if now whereas we saw towards the latter part of the 2017 season where we saw the player protests start to wane. If now, because you're telling the players what they have to do, if they in fact now will go against the grain and I wouldn't blame them in the least bit if they in fact did. So we're going to talk a lot more about that today here on from the press box to press row joining us today. Here on From the Press Box to Press for a young man that we had on the program, Kyle Larson drives the number 42 for Chip Ganassi Racing. And uh, he's going to be obviously involved in the Coca-Cola 600, which is taking place in Charlotte on Sunday. Kyle Larson had a really, really good year last year. As a matter of fact, he had four first place finishes last year, multiple second place finishes. Just couldn't get it together towards the latter part of the regular season and then in the playoffs where he ultimately finished eighth, which was his highest finished in his career. Well, He's going to join us today here on From the Press Box. The Press has got a couple of top five finishes this year. And as a matter of fact, going to be part of that Coca-Cola 500. Was involved in a little bit of controversy um, last weekend with the All-Star race that took place in Charlotte as well. We're going to ask him about that. So Kyle Larson also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Um, Also today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, you know, I want to talk about the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals are now going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1998. And, you know, I've been gone from Washington a long time. I'm still anything, basically anything Washington I'm with now. I'm still a Baltimore Orioles fan because when I was in Washington at the time, there was no Washington Nationals, although I must admit I've got a couple of Washington National uh, caps and I even had a um, a jersey when they first came out. I went out and bought a jersey, but anything pro sports, basically Washington, uh, I'm down with. So to see the Capitals who I rooted for uh, coming up in Washington can remember quite vividly 1998. 20 years ago was the last time that the Capitals were in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they've had all kinds of opportunities to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, but just haven't been able to get it done, especially here over the last five or six years, where a couple of those years they've had the best record in the league, sometimes didn't even get out of the first round. Well, they came back, and what a game. I actually had a chance to watch the game on Wednesday when they defeated Tampa Bay 
uh, four to nothing, a shutout. Um, uh, Alex Ovechkin got things started off with that first goal. And from there, it was on for the Capitals. It was a rugged affair. A couple of fights broke out. It was like old school hockey. You know, the day, well, maybe the days of Rod Langway, like Rod Langway of the Capitals, one of the last guys not to wear a helmet. I think it's a mandate. I'm pretty sure it's a mandate now that you must wear a helmet in the National Hockey League. And I think even when towards Rod Langway's latter years, he didn't wear a helmet, although I think the mandate began to come in. But because he had played for so long, he was probably in his latter, his last one or two years, probably the only player, maybe the only player in the National Hockey League or the NHL not to have a, uh, not to wear a helmet. But it's been 20 years since the Capitals have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals. And um, so all those in Washington, I know, and I even saw a couple of people uh, on Facebook that mentioned that they weren't necessarily hockey fans, but we're happy for the Capitals. I would, you know, I'm a Capitals fan. Like I hadn't been into them all like that since I've been down here in the Carolinas. Um, have obviously studied more of the Hurricanes for what I do here for Botch to Row. But the bottom line is still a Capitals fan at heart. And so the Capitals are in fact in the Stanley Cup. And um, so congratulations to the Capitals. So going to touch on that today here on the program. We're much closer to the NBA Finals, much closer now to the NBA Finals. I want to concentrate more on the series as Game 6, which could be the deciding game, shifts back to, to Oakland, to Golden State, between the... Uh, the Warriors and the Rockets. What a series this has been, as a matter of fact. So going to talk um, some uh, NBA and more specifically the Rockets and the Warriors today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row, your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row is always warranted. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, you know, once I get off the air, it's my anniversary weekend. So we're going to um, my wife and I are going to going to go and just uh, just celebrate. It's been 16 years. And uh, so we're just going to have a little bit of fun once I get off the air and just relax. We've shipped the kids off somewhere else. So we're going to have a, a, a whole lot of fun. But anywhere you are, thank you for making from the press box to press row a part of your day, wherever you may be listening, anywhere around the country and um so let's we're gonna step aside and take a break here on from the press box to press row it is a memorial day weekend here on the program and i got this song this is a little bit of keith murray that's playing keith murray most beautifulest thing i remember this going back to 1993 1993 for keith murray most beautifulest thing i wasn't even at morgan state at the time i was at montgomery college um trying to get myself together and i can remember those days at the library of congress where i worked LOC for life. Shouts out to all of those that work at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Let's step aside, take a break, come back with more of From the Press Box to Press Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Karma Chameleon from late 1983 and 1984. It is a Memorial Day weekend here on From the Press Box to Press Row. This song, of course, by Culture Club. 
boy George. You know, this was um, I tell you as we as we again Memorial Day weekend. I'm trying to play or, or playing some of the, my favorite songs of all time, and um, wow, I, I was at uh, let's see, probably fourth grade, I guess. Tacoma Park Elementary School. I can just remember when I think about this song, I just sort of remember being in class. Um, you know, I don't know. I just have this picture of me being uh, in a specific class. It may have been a music class, uh, as a matter of fact, when this song uh, came out. As um, we kind of just, you know, take a listen back at some of our favorite songs. I'd like to know some of your favorite songs sort of uh, coming up. Uh, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X. The number two R-O-W as we have a little bit of fun here today on the program. And thank you to all of those that serve in our military and work to keep us safe. As a matter of fact, we very much thank you for your service. And um, as we take this time to remember those that have uh, have have died so that we would have uh, the freedoms that we, in fact, have. I, I still want to talk. Of course, I will talk about. Uh, the the deal with the National Football League um, and the fact that is it, it has now implemented a rule whereas the players have the option now to stay in the locker room during the national anthem and and as a matter of fact that goes back uh, that that rule was actually in place um, I guess up until the 2008 or 2009 season so now that the kneeling has come up we go back to that uh to that rule now but i think it's a cop-out for the national football league um trying to appease uh the military uh but i think more specifically those that support the military but again this isn't an issue where it's disrespect to the military we've gone from somewhere where um, where it was a, a situation where Colin Kaepernick decided that he wanted to take us a, a, a stand or, or this instance a kneel for some of the things that he believes in, okay uh, like uh, like discrimination, racism against people of color. To somehow now this is a disrespect to the military. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, I'm not one, you know, and I and I sort of speak ab- about coming up in elementary school when we were coming through school. Um, you I, I think, you know, if I think about it, we were coming off the latter parts once I really began, I guess, elementary school, we may have been coming off the latter parts of corporal punishment in schools, meaning you could get us, the teacher could spank you. I mean, the teacher could spank you. I think that sort of went away from schools in the maybe mid to latter part of the 70s. So we come away from from that um, to, uh, you know, there was this big to do about um, about I think we even had prayer in school. I, you know, we've taken we took that out of school. Um, and I, I know that's a little bit different maybe than what we're talking about here. But, you know, again, there's I mean, there's a lot of ills in this world. And, um, you know, I think that the bottom line is that Colin Kaepernick wanted to bring awareness to this. And certainly by doing this, it has brought a lot of awareness where other players are doing the same thing. And now to the point where. Uh, the National Football League has made it so that, A, uh, players can stay in the locker room during the national anthem, uh, or if they, in fact, do do some kind of protest during the national anthem, that they, in fact, could be, um, it, could, it, it can be, it says can be fined. Um, you know, I, how, do, how do we get from that to the disrespect of the military? I definitely don't agree with that but i'm going to talk a little bit more about that um a little bit later on still to come also here on from the press box to press row kyle larson nascar driver kyle larson drives the number 42 for chip ganassi racing 
going to be part of the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte this weekend. Uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, going to join us also today on the program. Boy, the Golden State Warriors are in trouble. Now, I, you know, I didn't put necessarily a, I didn't come out and say, okay, Golden State's going to win in this many games. And I think that after, we get, I think we get so caught up in the moment of what's going on right this right now instead of looking at things that have happened in the past or even you know kind of pumping the brakes I think after the 40 point loss by Houston in game three everybody said oh the series is over it's over and that's just not the it just it's just not the case obviously Golden State hasn't executed offensively especially in the latter parts of the game. You can go back to game four. That was a critical game uh, for both teams. Houston wins that game, and it's 2-2 at that time. Golden State, had they won that game, it would have been 3-1 Golden State at that time, even though game five came back to Houston. Um, I think that would have been pretty much insurmountable, although Houston could have possibly won that game. Then we go back to Oakland for game six. Now we go back to Oakland for game six where Houston able to win the game in Oakland game four and then win a a very good game. What a game game five was as a matter of fact on Thursday in Houston. And I mean, if you look at some of the offensive sets down the stretch, I'm wondering towards the latter part of the game, you know, uh, Quentin Cook being in the game, formerly played at Duke, you know, he's had a, a really good season this year with some of the injuries that the Warriors have had. He's he's come in and he's 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 had to play. And this is a guy that was uh, maybe on the verge of being out of the league really to start the season to having a pretty solid role with Golden State um, this season. But. In the latter part of the game, I mean, he had to be in the game. I had no problem with him being in the game. You could have gone with Quentin Cook. You could have gone with Looney. And it just shows what a big impact that Andre Iguodala had or has on this Golden State Warriors team. He's a former NBA, former Finals MVP. And, I mean, to the point that you need a guy like Iguodala in this game. But, unfortunately, for the Warriors, He's been injured. So you have Cook in the game. I think even in the latter parts of the game, they may have had uh, Looney in the game. I think Nick Young may have could have been in the game to, uh, you know, in place of Iguodala. But the problem was towards the latter part of the game, I think we were inside of we may have been inside of I think we were inside of two minutes for sure, maybe inside of 60 seconds. Cook is not the guy that I want taking that shot, even though he was wide open. At the time he took the shot, I'm trying to think back to what the scenario was. I think Golden State may have been down by two, may have been down by one at that time. But at that time, I think if you're Houston, you want Cook taking that shot. It's a big-time game. I mean, Cook has played well throughout the course of the season. But at that particular moment, you know, that's not the guy you want taking that shot and ultimately he misses that shot. Then they come back down. And of course, uh, boy, Chris Paul, man, he's just fought through injuries throughout his entire career. And, um, you know, three now it's a three games to two lead. Houston on the cusp of going to the NBA Finals, and he gets injured. So, um, But ultimately, Houston holds on to win that game, and that was a big-time win. Now we go back to Oakland on Saturday for game six. Um, you know, I, I still think, you know, I had Golden State winning this thing, and I think ultimately that they uh, are still going to win it. Um, I I believe um, that you go back to Oakland, and I think Golden State sort of gets things together. Iguodala, uh, maybe he'll be back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll be back for Golden State. I mean, he he's going to have to be back um, for Golden State because they just look like they're in disarray, uh, particularly in the last two games in their offensive sets towards the latter part 
of the game. And if you have a guy like Iguodala, he brings so much to the team. He's so versatile with his ball handling. He's able to take it to the basket. He'll knock down some threes for you every now and again. But his presence on the court is just so significant. I think, um, and by the way, actually, um, Golden State has not been able to make the adjustment without Andre Iguodala in the game to this point. So that definitely could be an issue. But, I mean, if he plays, I think, um, and even if he doesn't, I think they make some adjustments here, go back to Oakland and win game six on Saturday. But, um, you know, and by the way, um, Houston able to get this win. I mean, Chris Paul was absolutely spectacular in the second half. Not a good first half at all. Matter of fact, he didn't make any field goals in the first half. Um, but in the second half, he was absolutely spectacular. And, you know, you look really at the play of James Harden, who who didn't have a, a really a good overall game at all. But you got so many other guys that stepped up. Eric Gordon, boy, Eric Gordon really, really stepped up. I mean, and, and if you think about it, he hit a big shot towards the latter part of the fourth quarter. Matter of fact, he had two big three pointers in the fourth quarter as he missed a bunch of three pointers in the second half, and even a couple early on in the fourth quarter. But he came through. You know, P.J. Tucker has just really been so good for Houston. He's hit some timely shots, but his defense has been very solid as well. Um, Houston's been, you know, you know, we knew this was going to be a really good series, and I just sort of laugh at the people that said, well, now it's going to be a blowout because Golden State beat Houston in game three by 40 points. Uh, definitely not the case um, should be a great game in Oakland on Saturday. And I think ultimately that the Warriors are going to win that series again. As I mentioned, we're a step closer to the NBA finals. And uh, listen, we got a game six that's going to take place. I don't think many saw this and I'll be honest. Obviously I did not see it either where we thought or where I thought that Houston would have the 3-2 to two lead going in to Game 6. and uh, But again, Golden State going to have a couple of things in their favor. A, or number one, they're back at home. And number two, what's going to be the deal? Or what's the deal with Chris Paul? Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B O X. The number two, R-O-W-B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, on Facebook. It's a Memorial Day type of weekend here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Happy Memorial Day to you. Hope you enjoy your time. I'm just playing some of my favorite songs of all time, and this is one of my favorite songs of all time. NWA's Express Yourself from back in 1989. One of the first videos, as a matter of fact, didn't have cable for so many years. And I was one of the first uh, videos that I ever saw. Express Yourself by NWA. Your One of your favorite songs. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Up next, Kyle Larson. You know what? I won't hesitate to this one or two before I'm through, so don't try to sing this thumb drop fine. Well, I'm dropping English, even if yellow makes it. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Road. The Coca-Cola 600 taking place on Sunday in Charlotte. As a matter of fact, to get tickets, log on to NASCAR.com backslash tickets, or you can watch on Fox at 6 p.m. Eastern. And Kyle Larson drives the number 42 for Chip Ganassi Racing. He currently sits in 11th place in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Road. Kyle, welcome back to the program. Doing great, man. First, I got to say congratulations to you on becoming a father for the second time. J- just two weeks ago, must must feel great. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, we got home from Dover a couple weeks ago and basically headed straight to the hospital. So it was, uh, it, was, it happened quick, but, um, yeah, she's been doing good. Uh, baby's been sleeping, uh, a lot. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun so far. I'm sure it'll get a lot tougher. Now I had three, and now Kyle, I had three boys before I had that girl. What, what's it like, man? It's, it's gotta feel a little bit different having that girl, right? <laughs> yeah, she's been, uh, I, I mean, I felt like Owen was pretty easy in the beginning. And, and like I said, she's only two weeks old, so it's harder really to tell how she's gonna be. But, um, so far she's been a little bit easier than what he was. She doesn't, uh, doesn't cry really at all and, um, does a good job eating. So yeah, it's been fairly easy. <laughs> and, and congratulations you just got engaged a, a few months ago right yeah yeah it's been uh been a busy year so far <laughs> so um yeah it's just been really exciting it has been a busy year of course kyle larson drives the number 42 for chip canasi race and joins us here on from the press box to press row so i want to ask you about 2017 because you haven't been a guest on our show before some couple of years ago, I, I keep up with you, and every week I was watching. It was these number two finishes, number two finishes, four number one finishes. Had a really good season on last year. You ultimately ended up in eighth place. Do you look at last season as maybe a, a disappointment in the respect that in, during the regular season, if you will, you had all these first place and second place finishes, or do you look at it as you progressed as this is your highest finish at number eight last year on the cup series? Uh, no, I mean, it was a little disappointing the way our, you know, our regular season was really good. And then we got into the playoffs and, and we were actually, you know, really competitive. We just had a lot of bad luck, uh, two blown engines and, uh, a couple more DNFs to go along with those. So, um, yeah, just, you know, eighth place doesn't really define how well our season went last year. You know, we had four wins, I yep. think eight, maybe eight second-place finishes yep. in the regular season, a second-place in the all-star race. Um, you know, my most top five, most top teams I've had, most laps led. You know, it was by far my best season last year. So, um, you know, I felt like we were probably a top three car all year long so to finish eighth was disappointing but we had you know a bunch of bad luck yeah so i mean do you look at it as a, a overall a good season yeah yeah i mean as long, yeah I, I look at it as a good season i mean i don't really yeah i forgot i ran eighth in points because i don't really pay attention to that last year so um you know i just remember the times where you we were really fast and that was almost every weekend so um yeah, it was a, it was a good year for for myself and our race team to show that we uh, are a championship contending team. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. In this your fifth season on the full time that is on the Cup Series circuit. So can you kind of you you took ownership of last week's race and the wreck that happened at the at Charlotte? As a matter of fact, during the All Star uh, race, can you with Joey Logano? Can you you kind of give it or explain what happened from your perspective? Uh, yeah, with the way the package was last week at the All-Star Race, you kind of had to be wide open or trying to carry as much throttle as you could. And, um, you know, I was just trying to stay in front of him off four and got to the gas uh, pretty early in the corners to try and carry my, my momentum and uh, got tight. And he almost got to my outside, but, you know, I kind of ran him up into the wall. And, um, yeah, he, he retaliated and, and crashed me. So, um, yeah, I mean... I put myself in that spot, so, you know, that's kind of what I just explained. But, uh, yeah, he, he's got a short temper, so he, he took it out on me. <laughs> did y'all kind of squash? I mean, did you all, have y'all talked since then? Have you kind of squashed that, or is it still kind of out there? Is it just, is it, is everybody just moved on? Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, we haven't talked or nothing, but, you know, I don't really feel like we need to. Um, you know, I've got no hard feelings. Um, who knows? I, I don't really know how how he feels about it but um yeah i mean i'm just gonna go along and, and race how i always race so um you know if he wants to act like something's still wrong which you know i don't think there is but if he wants to i mean then we'll race however we have to sure of course the coca-cola 600 taking place at charlotte motor speedway on sunday at 6 p.m eastern Tickets are available at NASCAR.com backslash tickets or watch the race this Sunday 
on Fox. You know, Kyle, is there a special meaning with respect to Charlotte for you since this was the the first or Charlotte Motor Speedway more specifically since this was the first uh, your first race took place back in 2013 at Charlotte Motor Speedway? Uh, no, I mean, not really. Um, you know, I think it, it, it's a favorite for all of us just because, you know, all of us or most all of us live around here. So we get to sleep in our own beds and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, even though I made my first ever cup start here, I, I don't know, I guess I don't really think about that, you know, before I come here, it doesn't excite me any more than it already does. So, um, I guess that was just another race or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's just, for me, like I said, it's just nice getting to race close to what's home now and, and getting to sleep in your own bed and seeing your family and friends. Sure. It, it just seems like, so there are two races, really three when you think about the all-star race each year at Charlotte. seems like the, the Coca-Cola 600, man, it just hasn't been kind to you. And then the second time around, the Bank of America race, you, you do much better. At least that's how it's looked from a historical standpoint. What is it going to take to 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 either win or have a really good finish on Sunday at Charlotte? Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I typically struggle here at the 600, and then you know, later in the year I, I do better. Um, this track, I feel like, goes through a big transition from day to night. You know, it's such a long race, so we race you know when the sun's out, and then it transitions to nighttime, and uh, Charlotte goes through a, a big grip level change. You know, I feel like when the sun goes down and, um, you know, I haven't done a very good job of managing that and, you know, maybe communicating with my team on what changes I need. So uh, hopefully hopefully we're prepared for that uh, in our fifth Coke 600 this week and we can you know, finally get a good run and hopefully a win. Kyle Larson joins us here on the program. Of course, Kyle, and we've talked about this, you being of Japanese descent. What, what do you remember most really about the Drive for Diversity uh, program that NASCAR has that you were a part of? And as a matter of fact, you became the first person that uh, was a graduate of the program to actually uh, win a NASCAR or a Cup Series race. Well, what does that mean to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the diversity program is a is a nice program you know giving you know kids opportunities um i guess of a you know different background than caucasian or whatever but um yeah so it was nice you know to get my first starts and stock cars in because everything i did before that was on dirt track so uh just getting some experience and then you know i was already i was already a development driver with chicken assay racing um before i had you know raced uh for the diversity program so um, yeah, that just kind of allowed us to, you know, budget a little bit better and, and save some money at, at Chip's place. And, um, he could use that money to put me in some truck races at the end of that year. So, um, it worked out and it was nice to, like I said, get some experience. Um, and, you know, they do a good job of, of training you more than just being a driver, you know, media training. Yeah, they got you, you know, I was busy a lot, but the other kids were, you know, working in the shop and, you know, working out and stuff like that where um, I, I didn't have to do a whole lot of that because I was, like I said, busy all the time racing. But, um, yeah, you know, that's a, it's a good program to kind of teach drivers the ins and outs of what it takes to be a cup guy. A couple of last thoughts for Kyle Larson. Check him out this weekend at the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. He joins us here on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Larson Racing. Uh, the the 600 miles of remembrance initiative, Kyle. What does it mean to you? And you're going to have Captain Kimberly Hampton. Um, you, so you all are going to have like the names of those that have fallen on the on the windshield, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a really neat deal. You know how uh, you know NASCAR does that, and um, yeah, this is a, a big weekend for for troops, and um, you know it's, it's nice to have some of their names on our car and we get to you know meet their families and stuff and uh, you know just show our our appreciation for for what they do to protect us and um you know allow us to you know, go have fun on the weekends so um you know it, the the pre-race ceremonies are always spectacular here at, for the 600 and, and all that so uh, they do like i said a really good job with it all yeah what the season to this point does it does it feel like any of the previous, I guess this is your fifth, so it'd be, be four seasons, I guess, 
racing full time. Does it does it feel like any of the previous four? Is this one different or, 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 or does it does it have some similarities from your previous seasons? Uh, I would say to this point, I mean, we're not not nearly as good as we were last year, but um, I would still say yeah, out of the five seasons, this is probably so far you know, my second best season. Um, I would say my my first year, uh, my rookie season was probably my best year, uh, you know, before last year. Um, you know, I had a bunch of second-place finishes and top fives and tens stuff. I just had some DNS and things like that. So I would say this one maybe feels similar to my rookie year, but probably still a little bit better. But um, last year was, was uh, a tough one to beat. Kyle Larson drives the number 42 for Chip Ganassi Racing, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Check him out at the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway on Sunday. Tickets available at NASCAR.com backslash tickets or watch the race on Sunday on Fox at 6 p.m. Eastern. Kyle, we appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Yes, thank you. Kyle Larson with a chance to right the ship hasn't... uh, as mentioned, has not had a lot of success in Charlotte, at least at this Coca-Cola 600. So looking to try to right the ship a little bit. I mean, he's right there. He's in 11th place. We still got a lot of racing left in the season. So, uh, you know, he, he had a really good season last year. I mean, a lot of four first place finishes, a bunch of second place finishes. And, um, you know, pretty much he's improved each and every year. So we'll see how things are going to shape up for Kyle Larson and all the other racers at the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday in Charlotte. And again, for tickets, you can go to NASCAR.com backslash tickets or watch the race Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It's a Memorial Day weekend here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, playing some of my favorite songs as a matter of fact. PM Dawn, Memory Bliss. Okay, so this was 1992. I was a senior at Springbrook High School. And, uh, man, I remember this song so vividly. And, and it, each time that this song comes on, because I can't, this is, you know, a lot of the songs that we hear today are, you know, a lot of the, the, the beats and so forth are remakes from other songs. So I, I can't remember exactly who made this song back in. It was a English rock band, I think, back in the, the 80s. But uh, every time I hear this song to this day, it reminds me of my days winding down my senior year of high school at Springbrook High School and just got very fond memories of this song as a matter of fact. Still more from the press box to press row on the other side. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. A Tribe Called Quest versus From the Abstract was, uh, again, uh, it's a Memorial Day weekend here on the program and uh, playing some of my favorite songs. Uh, as a matter of fact, coming up, this was uh, Versus From the Abstract um, off the Low In Theory album 1991 slash 92. Much like um, the PM Dawn song, uh, I, I, I was in uh, my senior year uh, of high school. And career. You know, I can actually remember studying for the SAT and remember, uh, oh, well, I say studying, but on my way to an SAT prep course. And I you know, had my little car or whatever and would be pumping this song uh, right here. So far on the program today, we've talked 
about game uh, six that's going to take or game uh, six, excuse me, yes, going to take place in Oakland uh, on Saturday between the Warriors and Houston. Also, Kyle Larson joined us in the last segment uh, of the program, and we're going to talk some NFL also um, in this segment here on from the press box to press row. And as a matter of fact, again, want to talk more specifically about the NF the uh, NFL anthem. Um, which has been implemented now by the National Football League. And, um, you know, I don't like I don't like to defend the National Football League at all. I think that the league was in a was in a situation where it was trying to appease the players and also was trying to appease those who were against what the players are doing now. I think the issue with this, and you can look at some of the other pro uh, pro sports and what they've done. I mean, the NBA has always been a mandatory deal where you had to had to be out of the locker room and staying um, uh, and standing for the national anthem. Um, I, you know, it seemed like we've seen some incidences. Oh, very few. Um, I, I don't know, Craig Hodges maybe comes to mind or Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, um, I, I, you know, the, the, the circumstances surrounding um, those two players. And more specifically, I think Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, uh, formerly known as Chris Johnson, um, don't readily come to mind in terms of, 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 of um, what they did with respect to the national anthem. But the bottom line is, um, the NFL has, you know, they put a rule in place where you could come out. And then, of course, we get to the point where Colin Kaepernick decides that he wants um, to make a statement. And, you know, quite frankly, with the with the way the rules were, I guess at that time, he had every right to. It says the former rules said that each player shall stand for the national anthem. Doesn't mean has to, unlike what you see um, in the NBA. So, you know, yeah, I don't I don't want to defend the league. I'm not a league apologist at all, but I, mean, I think the National Football League was sort of in a in a position. But they continue to me. The National Football League continues to shoot itself in the foot because as a lot of people have said, and I, I don't know if I uh, I don't like in the long run, I don't know if I agree with this in the long run, um, but it it wasn't it hadn't been as much an issue towards the latter part of the season now you know that's not to say a um that it would not have again become an issue once the season started because i mean the bottom line is i mean you have a couple of guys uh you know we talk about Kaepernick but you got Eric Reed who's you know sort of in the same scenario um as well in terms of um of him not getting a contract uh, in the national football from any team. He's not, he's not able to get a contract. So when people say, well, it's a situation where it, it had, it, it may not have been an issue. I don't know. Maybe it does become more of an issue as things continue to happen in this country. It, 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 it's really out of the national football league's control, quite frankly, because the National Football League does not control what happens in this country. And, you know, again, you have you have so many situations as to why the players um, feel this way. Now, what do we do? I mean, I guess the, 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 the long term question is, what do you do? What, what are the solutions for a lot of these things that are happening um, in the country? But. You know, I, I don't blame the players. I mean, I don't, I don't blame. It's not what I would have done. It's not my thing. You know, um, again, as I alluded to a little bit earlier on, um, you know, we came up in school. That's what you did. You uh, every morning before school, you you did the Pledge of Allegiance. And I think we even may have sung my country tis of thee. And that's just what you did. You know, um, so it's been, you know, embedded in me coming up. And it's just not something and just with my beliefs it's just something that I wouldn't do but I can't blame the players that in fact want to do it but you know again 
I think the National Football League was in a situation where it was a no-win because they had, even though it may have died down on the player side of things, it's still an issue that the league had to address with um, its fan base who was against this. Uh, most and most notably, I would say its fan base that was against this. Um, you know, you've you've had I think what Papa John's. I mean, you know, Papa John's decided that they were going to pull out in terms of advertising um, during games. But I mean that you know that that's on Papa John's because you had another sponsor, Pizza Hut, that came right in was waiting for that opportunity to um, to promote its product during National Football League games. So um, it's an ongoing situation. Some that will uh, something that will have to continue. To keep our eye on, it's in the moment now. Where will we be? Obviously, it's it, it's one of those things. It's in the moment now, and where are we going to be on this issue once the season starts? I'm very interested to see how that's going to play out. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Kyle Larson for joining us today here on the program. Again, don't forget to tell a couple of friends about. The show we're here each and every week on the radio station that you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We're going to end today's From the Press Box to Press Row with a little Shirley Caesar No Charge. I can remember a program um, that we used to listen to going to church on Sunday mornings called Gospel Spirit. It was hosted by Patrick Ellis. As a matter of fact, I think I believe it still is on WHUR 96.3 FM. And wouldn't you know it, years later, WHUR 96.3 HD2 would be our affiliate but I can remember this song so vividly. It's a song that my mother loved, and I really grew to love going, uh, growing up. And this song was played uh, quite often. Going to take you out with a little Shirley Caesar, No Charge. Thank you to Kyle Larson for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also, tell a couple of friends about the program. Follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, and on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. This is what she wrote. For the nine months I carried you, throw it inside me, no charge. For the nights I sat up with you, doctor, you pray for you, no charge. For the time and the tears, I'm the cost through the years, there is no charge. John.